Hello, and welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Gavin DeStasi, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about paying off debt versus investing. Because one of the most frequently asked questions we get is, should I use my discretionary cash flow to pay off my debt or invest for my future? As with most questions in our little corner of the world, the answer is, it depends. So what does it depend on? Well, for starters, it depends on the interest rate of the debt and the expected rate of return on the potential investment. The interest rate of the debt is usually easy enough to determine, but the expected rate of return on the potential investment can be a bit more tricky to ascertain. So then, it also depends on your risk tolerance, what the vehicle is you're using to invest, and what sort of person you are, or the more behavioral considerations of debt and investing. Specifically, how do you view being in debt, and how does it make you feel? Also, are you the type of person who gets spooked by down markets or overly aggressive in good times? Have you been prone to making knee-jerk reactions to market volatility in the past? And finally, if you choose not to use the funds to pay down the debt, will you actually use all of those dollars to invest for the future or spend some of them on discretionary items instead? Let's start by saying that from a pure number space standpoint, the question can be answered pretty simply. If the interest rate on the debt is lower than the expected rate of return on the investment over the same period of time, you invest. If the interest rate is higher, you pay off the debt. Sounds simple enough, right? Well, it is, except that it isn't. Which illustrates the point that sometimes those of us who spend our lives around numbers tend to look at financial matters and occasionally make recommendations based solely on the statistics. But what we all know is that emotions and money get tangled up all the time. And as individuals, our personal feelings around money, which come from our lifetime of experiences, have a great effect on how we actually react to things like market volatility. Behavioral finance is real. And that fact, along with some demographic factors, is the essence of risk tolerance. A person's threshold for withstanding all different market cycles without changing their plan midstream based on short-term influences will ultimately determine what their expected return is. Because if we assume we're talking about a reasonably crafted and well-diversified portfolio, the difference between achieving, say, a 3% annualized rate of return on your investments and a 9% rate of return on your investments comes down to how much risk you're willing to take with your portfolio. And when I say risk, what I'm really talking about is your ability to stomach short-term volatility. Risk and volatility are often misused terms in our industry, I believe, because to my way of thinking, the biggest risk to a client's long-term investment portfolio is not the risk of the portfolio value going down. It will go down at some point, many points in fact, over a long period of time. No, the biggest risk is how an investor responds to the value going down, or up even. Do they panic and pull out or sell to cash when the road gets rocky or pile in when markets are overheated? These are the things that get investors in trouble, and they happen all the time. Let's back up just a little bit now, though, because there are some specific cases where risk tolerance and time frame are not actually the main determinants of the expected rate of return on an investment portfolio. That's why whenever we're asked this question about debt versus investing, we want to first know about the vehicle being considered for the investment. It's not uncommon to hear something along the lines of, well, my company offers a 401k, but I haven't signed up yet. I think they might even offer a match. Now, right there, we're talking about a whole new ballgame, and we've completely changed the calculation for expected rate of return on the investment. Even if we don't consider any potential tax benefit from deferring money pre-tax to the 401k, Our first response is contribute whatever amount necessary to obtain the maximum match from your company. 
Let's look at it this way. If your company matches, say, 100% of the first 3% you contribute to the plan, as soon as you contribute that 3% to the plan, you're effectively earning a 100% return on those contributions. Maybe they match at 50% of the first 6% you contribute. That means you effectively earn a 50% return on your contributions up to 6%. I don't care if you borrowed from a Brooklyn loan shark, those kind of returns are going to outpace any debt you're thinking of paying off. And that's without even considering any potential returns on those investments. The final considerations outside of pure numbers come down to our personalities. There are plenty of people who, once they've decided to go one way on this kind of trade-off question, won't actually do the other thing. Meaning, they decide not to pay off the debt, but then don't actually use the money to invest, but rather just end up spending more on discretionary items. That's why it's important to be honest about what kind of personality you have when making this type of financial decision, and why we will actually ask a client that very question. Will you use the money to invest if you don't pay down your debt with it? Then there are people who just hate the idea of owing money. I could tell them all day, look, your mortgage is at 3.5% and your investments have averaged 5% a year for the past 15 years, and it wouldn't matter to them. They just can't deal with it. And if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with that. You're still guaranteeing yourself a 3.5% return by paying off that debt. And if it allows you to sleep at night, more power to you. Because that's really the point of all this in the end, isn't it? It's not about making as much money as you possibly can no matter what. Well, for some people it is, I suppose, but most of them are in Washington, D.C. For the rest of us, it's about balancing life, family, money, career in a way that feels good and makes us fulfilled. So from a purely statistical standpoint, if you're maximizing any employer match in your workplace retirement plan, you have the tolerance to withstand volatility over the long term, and you'll actually invest the funds you otherwise would have used to pay off your debt. And if the interest rate on that debt is lower than your expected rate of return on the potential investment, then yes, you should invest for the future instead of paying off your debt. Like I said, it depends.